0: eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task. One with so many options and paths that you end up feeling overwhelmed and confused instead of inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco friendly life by making small changes in your habits, mindset, and home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. So I'm going to spice things up a little bit, at least for the next month or two. I'm not sure how long I'm going to do it, but I've kind of been trying to think of ways, again, to just kind of spice up the podcast and make it a little bit more like lighthearted and um, fun, I guess. And so for the next few months, or at least the next couple months, at the beginning of each episode, I want to do a brutally honest eco-friendly product review for you guys. So I want to try eco-friendly swaps so you guys don't have to and Some of them I have been trying for a long time, and I'm going to share them with you guys week by week, the ones that I absolutely love, and then some of them I've tried and I have absolutely (laughs) despised, so I'm going to try those ones, that way you guys don't have to, and I'll give you guys, like, all the tea and the 411, so yeah, I'm going to just do that at the beginning of each episode, you know, for the foreseeable future, Um, And then also I you know if you're watching this on your phone or something you've probably noticed that I have changed my podcast cover art which after like a year and a half of doing the podcast that's just something that's it's so small I know but like to me it's so exciting so I kind of am just making a couple changes to kind of spice things up and keep things interesting for you guys. So if you have downloaded my Unrooted Living Guide or you have been around for a while, which by the way, if you are interested in eco-friendly living and you have not downloaded my free PDF guide to get you started on your journey, you can get that at unrootedmama.com slash guide. Um, but as you, know, if you do have that and you've kind of went through it, one of my favorite swaps that I always talk about in there are cloth makeup remover pads as a swap for um, you know, obviously disposable makeup wipes, but it took a lot of trial and error. I shouldn't say a lot, but it took some trial and error to try to figure out a replacement that worked well for me. So my brutally honest, not so great review today, something that did not at all work for me that I really wanted it to because it was a great like eco-friendly alternative to the wipes were these makeup removing wipes that I saw on Amazon. They have, like, 14,000 four and a half star reviews, so I really figured, like, oh, they'd be great, but they're these, like, rectangular, colorful, microfiber makeup removing pads, and so many of the comments completely raved about them. Now, granted, I'm, I never really wear a lot of makeup. Usually, I wear, like, mascara and you know sometimes some eyeliner and blush and stuff so I don't need something strong enough to take off like foundation and a lot of makeup if that makes sense so it might be good for those but the microfiber cloth like pads whatever that I tried to use on my face felt so disgusting I don't know if it was just a texture thing for me because a lot of people in the comments really liked them but they're just like it's Rubbing microfiber on your face. And to me, oh my gosh, I just can't even get past the initial feeling of that. And I tried, literally, guys, I tried for like five or six months to use these makeup removing pads, and they were just. They felt so gross. Eventually I just donated them to the thrift store and like wiped my hands clean of them because I was not a fan at all. But an alternative that I found that worked really really well in place of those and you know to actually replace makeup wipes were cloth makeup removing rounds and it's I think they're just cotton. I got mine from actually I got mine from the thrift store. I literally I felt my soul leave my body when I saw them on the shelf because it was a brand new unopened pack from, I believe it's called Brightly Eco is the brand. And it's, I think they're like 10 or maybe 15 bucks for a pack of them. And they come with a cute little bag. So you can like put them in there when you're done to wash them and stuff. But the cloth Rounds that were made of cotton worked so much better for me and feel so much better on my face than the microfiber ones did. So yeah, there's one brutally honest review of an eco-friendly product. You know if you're looking for a good alternative to makeup removing wipes, definitely, I would recommend cotton and natural fibers like that over microfiber because especially if you're a texture person, <laughs> um, it just it did not do it for me. So yeah, now moving on to the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is there was a new IPCC report that came out. And you know, if you've been listening to me for the past couple months, you're probably so sick of hearing about the IPCC reports because this is my third episode done about it. Episodes 73 and 53 were my other two. And those ones covered working groups one and two that came out. So essentially the IPCC report gets released in three different waves, working group one, two, and three. So episodes 53 and 73 came out with the first two working groups. So, you know, as much as I know it's like might be getting a little bit repetitive to hear about this report, it actually is so, so important within the state sustainability community and honestly just for literally everybody living on this planet. So the third working group that came out is, in my opinion, and pretty much everybody else's, one of the most important ones, and that's talking about mitigation efforts and how we can pretty much beat global warming and try not to surpass that 1.5 degrees of Celsius. So in this episode, I'm going to give you the rundown of this report and all of its findings. So there were a lot of key takeaways from this report, but first and foremost, the biggest takeaway was that while the total emissions are rising, the rate of the increase has slowed. So I know that's a little bit confusing. So like the overall emissions obviously keep rising, but the rate that they are rising at is slowing down more and more. Unfortunately, that doesn't change the fact that overshooting that desired 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming above the pre-industrial levels is pretty much inevitable right now. But the overshoot of that 1.5 degrees could be temporary and temperatures could potentially be returned to that 1.5 degrees by the end of this century. But pretty much only if we start working our butts off to start reducing greenhouse gas emissions drastically during this decade. The report pretty much states that immediate climate action is the only thing that's going to keep us from surpassing that 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. So if you're not aware of like how the IPCC report is created, it's essentially a bunch of amazing scientists that get together and pour all of their collective wisdom and research into putting this report out for governments and citizens. So the good thing is, even though like it might seem kind of dire and, you know, the whole, ooh, we must take action right now or else thing is kind of doomsday-ish, but the panel did give a lot of really good key recommendations in the report. The first key recommendation, obviously, is that we rapidly phase out fossil fuels, especially coal. It must be like effectively completely phased out and fast. This pretty much means we can have no new coal infrastructure. And I feel like for me, I'm like, at this point, who would be making new coal infrastructure? And who is like trying to create new fossil fuel emissions? You would be surprised. There are so many countries and areas that are, that have active plans to create more coal-powered fossil fuel plants, unfortunately. So yeah, coal and fossil fuels gotta go. We need to phase them out and very soon. The next thing is that methane emissions must be reduced to like by about one third. And this means that us as a collective like global group needs to eat less meat and we're going to have to make a lot of like dietary changes and just overall changes to our lifestyle in order to reduce these methane emissions. The next key recommendation is that efforts such as growing and preserving our forests, those kind of things are necessary and obviously like growing trees and planting trees and trying to like just put everything we can into like growing these forests that way they can be natural carbon sinks which if you don't know what a carbon sink is is essentially something that absorbs a lot of the carbon dioxide that's in the atmosphere so the emissions that fossil fuels are pushing out forests and you know things like coral reefs and our oceans are act as carbon sinks to where they can absorb some of those fossil fuels so you know the key, one of the key recommendations here is that we continue to grow and preserve forests but it also recognizes that that will not be enough to account for continued emissions It also says we need major investments in the shift to a low carbon world, but the good news is that the costs are actually a lot more manageable than people think. For some reason, I know like with COVID, the price of everything is going up, but it has showed that the cost of creating new renewable energy and technology and things like that have actually decreased by like up to 85%. So while we do need a lot of new investments within the renewable energy sector, this is actually a lot more affordable and cost-effective than people initially think. We will also need more carbon capture and storage technologies in order to pull even more emissions from the air. Um, but you know, as m- cool as it would be to have something that takes the carbon dioxide that we admit into the air and turn it into something that we can use, unfortunately, it's not going to be enough. It will only be enough if we do that as well as phase out emissions. Another key recommendation is that all sectors of the global community, whether that's like energy, transportation, buildings and infrastructure and food, must change a lot and very fast. So new technologies are going to be needed to be made in order to do that and in order to help people kind of make the shift towards a cleaner and greener future. So in terms of the fossil fuels pretty much the key recommendations summed up are that we need to phase out of fossil fuels mainly coal But at the same time as phasing out of those, we need to grow and plant more trees and things like that that will act as carbon sinks and help pull some of those emissions from the atmosphere. And in conjunction to that, we also need more technologies that will pull carbon from the atmosphere as well. So, pretty much, you know, we really need to repair our atmosphere and all of the fossil fuels we've pushed into the atmosphere before it is too late and before we surpass that 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. So, the last kind of key recommendation that I want to touch on from the IPCC report that's actually really cool is that the report recognizes individual action and it recommends that individual action is also necessary and so important so it's cool that it recognizes that you know a lot of infrastructural and governmental work is going to have to be put in in order to make the changes but we as individuals can make changes that will help overall too and having that recognized like especially with this podcast being all about how we can make small steps to do individual action. Like that just really resonated with me. And it was really like groundbreaking that an IPCC report brought up individual action. It also pointed out that a small minority of about 10% of households are producing between 34 and 45% of global household carbon emissions. And it was really cool that they included this in the report as well, because it pretty much It really just goes to show that not, you know, while individual action is important, we don't have to all feel guilty about it because 10% of all like households are producing up to almost half of all household global carbon emissions. So it is not evenly distributed. There are certain regions and, you know, certain lifestyles that produce way more fossil fuel emissions just dependent on their lifestyle and those are the people that should be taking the most action and making the most necessary change in order to slow and you know reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So yeah, those were pretty much the key recommendations from this IPCC report. As you guys can see, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Like it's kind of heavy and it obviously will not be easy to phase out from coal or, you know, put all of this money into like new technologies for pulling carbon and all that stuff. But, you know, this this is pretty much it. This is what the panel of, um, you know, all the awesome scientists say that we need to do if we want to essentially save our planet and not, you know, get to the point of that eco doomsday that so many of us are worried about. So we kind of have our cut and dry answer here and now it is just kind of a waiting game and trying to be as loud as we can and demand change in order to kind of show our governments that we, you know, we see this IPCC report, we know that you guys see it, and now we're demanding change from our like local and overall governments. So what's next? The governments are actually meeting in Egypt this November to discuss their targets in cutting greenhouse gas emissions. Unfortunately, from what I've seen so far, you know, if you guys were keeping up with the whole COP26 stuff back in November, from what it seems like, most countries are not really holding up what they, you know, said they would try to do in terms of cutting emissions back in November, which really isn't surprising because there were not a lot of concrete commitments that came from COP26. It was a little bit. Disappointing and anticlimactic. So, I'm really hoping, and a lot of the sustainability community is really hoping that when the governments get together in Egypt this year to kind of go over the whole COP26 thing and to talk about their targets and kind of reevaluate, I'm really hoping that big change and big commitments come from this now that they also have this IPCC report. Like, there's literally no excuse. You know, they have the evidence right in front of them for the from the first two IPCC reports, and now from this third working group, they have the recommendations. They know what they need to do, and we know what they need to do, and we know what we need to start pushing them to do. So really, you know, the only things that we as individuals can do is... Like I said in the last report and the one before that is just keep talking with family and friends. Keep the conversation going. Keep making noise about this on social media, you know, whatever you can do in order to get the conversation going about the IPCC report and all of the recommendations and things like that. Just, you know, keep that conversation going. The next thing, of course, is to keep making the changes that feel good to you, especially with this report, one of the recommendations being to keep up with individual action. If that's something that helps your eco-anxiety, helps make you feel better about life and global warming in general, then keep making those positive eco-friendly changes. I know that There's so much going on in the world right now and it's really hard to prioritize this and like eco-friendly living, at least for me lately. I don't know if it's because of all the chaos that's been going on with like us moving and us staying with my family for a little bit, but it's been really hard to kind of continue to make eco-friendly changes, which is why I haven't really come on here and made a lot of episodes about like new changes and things like that. So that's definitely something that I'm going to focus on for the next few months moving forward is, you know, making those changes that just feel good to you that lower your waste and lower your overall environmental impact. And then the last thing that we can do, you know, from here on out while we kind of wait to see what's going to happen in November is just to push for change within your local community, whether that's voting for people that you know care about the environment or you know attending meetups when, about like climate change things like that there are different ways that we can push for change within our local community and the more people that do this and the more communities that rise up and you know start advocating for climate justice and climate change hopefully this will make the government listen to us and they'll actually start making these changes that we need in order to follow these IPCC recommendations so yeah, there you have it. There's pretty much the summary of this new IPCC report that came out. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I know that this is a really heavy topic and if you're not well-versed in like sustainability and these different reports, it can feel very overwhelming to get all this information. So, you know, thanks for hanging in there and I'm proud of you for informing yourself on this. I hope that this made you feel better. I know that me like the last two reports that came out with the last two working groups it was a lot like a lot more depressing. I feel like having the recommendations in front of us and seeing what these scientists recommend and not only that but like seeing that they think that we it is still possible to stay at that 1.5 um has really made me feel a lot more at peace with the situation and a lot more hopeful. So obviously it's out of our hands for the most part unless, you know, you're listening to this and you're the president or <laughs> some really influential leader in, you know, some country, but for the most part it's out of our hands as individuals. All we can do is make noise and, you know, kind of keep doing us, keep making those changes and really hope that the governments listen and actually commit to change like we have been begging them to do for years. So yeah, again, I hope that this episode informed you. I hope that you have a better understanding of this IPCC report and happy earth month. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast and until next time.